Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show with your host, Autumn Miles. Autumn is an author, speaker, wife, and mother. She's the founder and CEO of The Blush Network and the author of Appointed. Autumn's vision is to engage our culture with the bold truth of God coupled with raw faith. Now here's your host, Autumn Miles. Hey, this is Autumn with the Autumn Miles Show. How are you guys doing today? We love, love, love you so much. Listen, I want to give you just a a tiny, tiny, tiny little warning. I know we're picking up kids from school at this time of day. My guest today is phenomenal, but she is going to just go there, okay? Um, There might be some content in the show that you don't want to let your tiny little one's ears hear, but it's real. Listen, bold truth Raw face. Sometimes things are ugly and we are not going to shy away from talking about those things. So PG-13 warning right here. It ain't R. It's just a little PG-13. Okay, y'all, we have such an incredible treat this week. Um, You know, I talked so much about how much I am obsessed with my team. I know it's called the Autumn Miles Show. But it is not the Autumn Miles Show. There is a lot of people that make the show work, the podcast work, the social media work, the speaking work, the books work, you know, that would be ridiculous uh, for me to take credit for really any of that. I'm only good at two things, guys. Just two things. One of them is talking. So here I am and I'm thinking about this whole I am Rahab book that just released last week. And let me tell you, we were so incredibly excited when we saw it was number one on Amazon. Y'all have really stepped up and supported, and I um, I just appreciate that so much. Um, but each person that's going to be on the show for the next couple of days has been a part of my team for a while. And I think it's important, you know, we are Rahab. We're not putting out this book to say you are Rahab. That's why I entitled it, I Am Rahab. Everyone on my team shares a crazy backstory. It's really, really beautiful. I don't think there's one person on our team that's like, wow, I've been squeaky clean for my entire life. We all make mistakes, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And this week, we're going to be highlighting my team, my staff, my team, my family. A lot of these people, you know, they started off as team members. And I know my guest today, I'm like obsessed with her and I love her. And when she comes into a room, I just she's kind of electric. You're going to find that out. I also want to say thank you guys for supporting the ministry, Um, you know, we're listener supported y'all. So every like quarter that you send, we get so excited about seeing that. And if this ministry has impacted you and we know that it has, cause we hear from you guys, um, go over to autumnmiles.com. You can give online if you would like to donate. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not shy for asking for money because let me tell you something, this is feeding thousands and thousands and thousands of people with the word of God. So we need you to give, um, if God places it on your heart, or, um, or, you know, you just, you just have a little extra income and you, you're looking for a place to, to house it. You can give to us. We are a 501c3 organization. Um, so it is tax deductible. I want to get to my guest who, um, like I said, she's been on my team now for uh, two years, two years. She's like throwing up the two so she can jog my memory. Um, she is just such a delight. I remember we were doing a society group, which we have these society groups in Dallas. Dallas, um, actually all over the country. I think we had like some 50, 50 this, this past week. Um, and she 
was working at the retail store, the Laughing Will. I know you guys have heard me say that. Um, and Bishop Art, she was working there. And I just see this blonde head, like kind of coming in every once in a while and like popping in. She was looking so cute. And then she would leave because she had to check somebody out at the retail store. And then she would pop her head back in. And at the end, I remember her saying um, she just kind of opened up a little bit. And I think it was a couple of times that you you were actually there while we were doing society groups. Um, and now she is the, the Dallas Society. Leader, So I want you to welcome to my show, show, Nikki Johnson. She has been such a delight in my life. Welcome to the show, Nikki. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me, Autumn. It's so good that you are here and that you are willing to share because um, it was really, uh, I feel like a divine appointment to meet you at the Laughing Willow while you were working there. You want to share a little bit about how we met? Yeah, I like you said, I was kind of behind the scenes. And so I heard pieces and parts of your sermon and just started weeping. It touched me. The Holy Spirit spoke through you so much. I was weeping. And I remember thinking, if I can get this much from just the pieces and parts of her sermon, Mm. I just can't imagine, you know, how powerful she is. And so I went up to your sister Um, and said, what can I do to be a part of this ministry? Because I feel connected to the spirit here. I said, if I can go um, mop her floors, I want to be a part of this ministry. Can I mop her floors? Um, And she said, well, actually, we, you know, we are looking for someone at the time. So it it, it was just one of those moments that I connected to the spirit in you and wanted to be a part of it. It's, It's so amazing to just watch you over the last two years. I think everyone on the team, you hold a special part in all of our hearts. Um, you guys, this girl is, is electric. I think, did I already use that word electric? I can't remember. Um, there's something about Nikki when she comes into a room, she just exudes joy. Um, and I, I love that so much about you, but you also, I think we give your joy a lot of credit, but there's also a lot of depth to you. And I love that you can sort of come into a room and, and be super joyful and like, Hey guys, the party's here. Um, but also, you know, the word, you know, the Lord, um, you know, you, I, I hear you say a lot. Um, the spirit of God told me this and the spirit of God is here. And, um, you know, just from, from me as your leader to you, it is refreshing to hear someone rely so much on the spirit. It's amazing. So thank you so much for being on the show. Nikki just, um, she has a a really interesting story that I'd want to get to, but, uh, she just had a little boy. I did. You want to tell us about him? Yes. I have a two month year old two-month-year-old Samson, um, and I adopted my t- my first two children, um, so he was my first birth. Um, I got to the hospital, and I told the nurses, I said, this is why I adopted. I had a really hard birth, but we're loving Samson. It's been great. Um, three kids is a lot, but it, it's sure been amazing enjoying birth. And uh, Nikki and I have really connected also on you foster to adopt. And of course, y'all know that two of my kids are adopted. And so it's like, you know, once you adopt, you're kind of in that there's just there's a community like you understand things differently. And so Nikki is definitely has a huge passion for that. And her two oldest girls are adorable. 
when she told me she was having a boy, she's like, I'm going to name him Samson. And I was like, that's incredible. And y'all, he is like a chunk and a half. Like he is totally living up to his, his big muscular name, you know? Um, so I want to get into your story because I know you've read the book. You've worked on the book. You've promoted the book with our team. Um, but you yourself are a Rahab. So tell me a, a little bit about why you identify with the book Rahab. Yeah, I, you know, when you, when I heard the name of the book, I said to myself, I am Rahab, you know, Mm -hmm. I had came from such sexual sin um, that was similar to Rahab and sexual sin. um, There's so much shame and self-worth and there's just so much that go into it. Um, So I just really related to, to Rahab. Um, I, um, like I said, came from sexual sin. I 16, um, 16 had a promise ring, was, you know, doing the life of the Lord, went to a party, um, had my virginity stolen, found, wound up at the hospital. My parents pressed charges for rape. Um, so went through that, you know, court battle, that, that process. Um, and from that became um, really, really messed up um, and became really sexually active. Um, and I think I used sex um, to numb myself from the pain, um, try to get that control back um, that I had lost, um, was drinking, partying, and, and very sexually active. It's so crazy to me to know you now, um, to know the joy that you have, to think that there was a time in your life, I mean, to be raped, um, you know, and to be bold enough to share, which, by the way, uh, m- uh, moms, if you have kids in the car, just beware. We're going to go there today. OK, mm-hmm. we got to go there sometime. So I totally understand if you need to listen to the podcast and shut it off. I got four tiny, e- eight tiny ears that hears things as well. Um, but for you to be bold enough to say, listen, um, this this happened to me. Can we talk about that just for a second? Because, you know, Rahab the harlot, she kind of you know, there was a lot of things that were taken from her sexually. I mean, men wanted her for one thing and, and, and took advantage um, of that. Um, what's some of like the mental stuff that you go through when that is a part of your story? I think that sex, like other sins, take a part of your soul. Um, and so you, you, you know, you just, I feel like we're, we're created um, with this joy and love and, um, part of God in us. And then when you get involved in such sin, I think that you, you know, you lose part of yourself. And so you become so numb and full of pain um, that you lose, you know, who you were created to be. Mm. Um, And so it was a, it was a very dark, numb, um, numb place, that place of sin. And I feel like a lot of sin is destructive. Mm. You know, I was self-harming. I feel like being sexually Mm. active is a form of self-harming. Yeah. Um, so it was very dark place. Um, many years were, um, very dark and, um, felt angry at God. Um, and, and it was just dark. That's so you had your promise ring. Mm -hmm. Were you wearing the promise ring while you were promiscuous? No, no, Mm -hmm. no. You took Mm -hmm. it off. Okay. Okay. Um, so you're clearly married now yes. with three kids yes. and um, you're on my team. And I know that how much passionate you are about the Lord, not living that lifestyle anymore. What was your like Rahab moment of faith that you, you, your life changed? 
I had gone to um, a church event um, and um, had, there was a great sermon. And but I, you know, I kind of stayed a lukewarm. I never lost my faith, never stopped believing in God, but was definitely that lukewarm Christian because I was so involved in sin. Um, and I was at this church event and I had a woman turn around to me and she said, the Lord wants to make you a spotless bride. Wow. Um, and no one could. Did you know her? No, never met her in my life. Um, oh my gosh, that's that that's powerful. I know. And no one could have known my past. I mean, she couldn't have known what had happened to me. She couldn't have known the sin that I was involved in. Of course, you know, it was the one thing that I needed to hear from the Lord mm. that he wanted to restore me and that all the sin that I was involved in and didn't matter to him, that he wanted to restore that to make me a spotless bride. Mm. It was the one thing that my heart needed to hear. And mm. it was so intimate between me and the Lord. Mm. Um, and ever since then, I just wanted um, to pursue righteousness. I yeah. had my um, I felt the love of Christ and the love of Christ had been there all along. Yeah. Um, but I, I, you know, I, because of, I was so involved in sin, I wasn't feeling it. And, um, I heard that and just wanted to start pursuing the righteousness and pursue, um, getting healed. Mm. Um, you know, and so that in, in that moment I started living for the Lord again, um, but a lot of times people think, you know, they get baptized or they have this moment and then all of a sudden life gets easier and all of a sudden sinning, not sinning gets easier. And it wasn't an overnight thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to do a lot of, I remember I wrote a list of everyone I had slept with mm-hmm. and started praying over it. And the Lord told me, you need to break that soul tie. Mm-hmm. And so I started doing the work, mm-hmm. you know, way before I met my husband, way before I walked down that aisle of spotless bride. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would pray over that list to break the soul tie. Um, just a lot of healing needed to be done in my soul. And so when we fill ourselves up with sin, you know, alcohol, drugs, I mean, I never did drugs, but sex, all the stuff we fill ourselves up, we're still empty once we stop doing those things. So you have to refill yourself up with Christ. Mm -hmm. So people think, oh, I'm baptized now. You know, I'm supposed to be whole. I'm healed. My life starts. No. Mm -hmm. So I stopped numbing myself with those stuff so I had to refill myself with Christ Mm -hmm. so I just dove into every church function I could be at um left a lot of friends that Mm. um you know I was alone for a long time because when you're changing your life you can't have the same friends Mm -hmm. um so it took years it took years to be where I'm at today but I can tell you that I am a spotless bride Mm. and I think there's nothing that you can't be set free from there's nothing no amount of sin um, that you can commit that can keep you from being spotless Um, and I can look you in the eye to s- today and say um, that what happened to me doesn't cause me pain anymore. Mm. Um, I feel healed. Mm. I feel restored. And I really am full of joy. Um, and I truly feel that only God could do that because yeah. I spent years and years of counseling. I spent years. There's so many things the world can tell you that can fix you. Um, but nothing did but the re- restoration of Christ that healed me. You said like six things that I want to just kind of go back to. You said replace. And I think um, that word is so incredibly powerful. Okay. 
So women that have been in sexual, like really promiscuous, this can be a man that's addicted to whatever, maybe someone that is an alcoholic, you know, whatever, maybe someone that just lies all the time. Okay. I, I don't want people to, to see I am Rahab and discount themselves from the book because I make the point very, very clearly that Rahab the harlot was just um, a, a foreshadowing of Israel playing the harlot with God and worshiping idols. So if you've ever worshiped any idol in your life, male or female, this book is for you. It's just a foreshadowing really of what was um, going to happen and the need for Jesus to come and to, you know, save the world with his blood um, on the cross. Listen, I want to give you just a little warning. I know we're picking up kids from school at this time of day. Um, There might be some content in the show that you don't want to let your tiny little one's ears hear. PG-13 warning right here, okay? So so you say this word replace, and this is something that I actually talked about in the book, and, and a lot of people are like, well, what do you do when you've had a past or when you have her or whatever? Um, replace is the key. Um, when Satan is telling you lies or who you are or what you need, you know, he'll tell you what you need and you'll believe it because it really does meet some sort of longing in your soul, but you know it's wrong. You know you shouldn't do it. How did you replace the need to feel what you were feeling? And you can go ahead and tell us what you were feeling as well. How did you replace? What was a couple of the action steps that you did? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that I just really dove into the word. There's something, there's there's so many scriptures about that the word can heal us mm. and it's cleansing. Um, so I, I definitely think that I dove into the word and there was days that I didn't want to. There's a lot of times that mm. the word just, we're not feeling it. And even those moments when I wasn't understanding the story or, you know, sometimes it was just, you know, there's, there's parts of the Bible that are mm. hard to read, but there's something, no matter what it's saying, mm. it's cleansing our soul. Yeah. And so I just really dove into the word and, um, you have to cut out everything. I cut out non-Christian music. And not that I think country music is bad. I don't, Autumn, but I had I yeah. was in such a cleansing part so that good. anything and everything, country music made uh reminded me to um like you said, uh that love of man searching Mm. for that replacement through a man. So everything I had to slowly cut out as if I was detoxing my soul. So good. Ooh, that's a word detoxing your soul. You know, that's so that's crazy that you say that. Ooh, that was so good. Detox. Did you guys hear that out there? Listeners detoxing the soul. That is, you got to clean, you got to clean, you got to detox. You know, a lot of people are doing all these like cleanses, like, you know, drink. What do you drink, Chad? You do cleanses, uh, juice with no sugar because you do cleanses, Nikki, like kale cleanse. I don't know what you guys do, but it's so interesting that people are so obsessed with cleaning their bodies these days. They'll spend, uh, it's like a billion dollar industry, health industry, but how much time and thought do you give into detoxing and cleansing your soul? We need to do some soul cleansing. Let's care a little less about how gorgeous you look and your all your vitamins and stuff. Um, and let's care a little more about the word of God cleansing your soul. That is that is such an incredible point. It does clean. 
and you have to shut things out. One of the things that I talk about in the book, which I actually want to hear what you think about the book too here in a second, is um, is uh, defeating. You have to defeat. You have to defeat Jericho's when you're trying to work your way into the promised land. And sometimes you have to cut things out. All, most all the time you have to cut things out in order to do that. You have to do the work. You have to do the work of possessing. Um, a lot of people don't want to do the work Mm-mm. They're, You know, maybe, maybe, um, having sex at, with everyone one day and then the next day they expect to be completely healed. It is a process to work through with the Lord. What was one of the things in the book that really stuck out to you? Oh, so much. You know, I had heard the story of Rahab, of course, but I had never related it to my life. And so reading the book and seeing all your points and how Rahab was and how you can pull it in and pull everyone's story, no matter no matter what, every there's not one person that can't relate to this book and mm-hmm. read this book and feel like I am Rahab. Um, and I don't think people have done that yeah. um, and see the restoration power because everyone does need restoration. Mm-hmm. Um, and just there was a lot of times that you talked about the waiting game, the, the time mm-hmm. in between the promised land, um, expecting more um, from God. There's just so much in the book that challenged me. Um, that I hadn't done. And I hadn't ever really looked at uh, my past and seen the restoration. So it really challenged me. Um, it was so beautiful. And I, and I loved um, seeing and relating to Rahab. It's so interesting. We talked last week um, about the rope of expectation mm-hmm. and about how, you know, a lot of us have problems with waiting. And even if we are working towards restoration, um, we have to expect God to come in and um, do what he says he's going to do. It's such a powerful point that Rahab, uh, one of the things that we bring out in the book is Rahab dropped her rope of expectation with <coughs> absolutely no sign that the Israelite men were going to come back. For all she knew, the men that she dealt with, um, law, I mean, I mean, they were coming to see a, a prostitute. So, you know, it was that sort of that caliber of person. And yet she looked and she trusted uh, the God that was in the men. And um, we need to do that as well, too, when it comes to our restoration, when it comes to um, that process of moving towards our promised land. Hanging our rope of expectation is a part of tearing down those um, walls of Jericho. I want to talk and we only have a couple minutes left, but just real quick. You said that you cut out all your friends and Rahab was alone. She was the only one that stood. It doesn't say that she had any support from her family. Of course, it's interesting. Your family wants the benefit of your faith, but sometimes you're the one that stands alone. And I think that was a really powerful point that you just said right there. Rahab stood alone. We all want the benefit of faith, but not all of us want to risk everything for faith. I think we have a lot of people that are desperately desiring the benefit like Rahab had. We want to be known. We want a position. We want a lot of money. We want a good marriage. We want the benefit, but we don't want to actually risk everything for it. Talk to me about that. Yeah, I think part of healing is you have to experience the pain because this world is just another thing to numb. So a lot of people, they'll stop having sex and then go to drugs. They'll stop, you know, one thing to replace it another. But true healing is experiencing the pain. And I needed to do that with the Lord, you Mm. know. So those moments when I was letting those wounds come open, um, it was it was me and the Lord that I just needed him 
um, and just um, those intimacy with the Lord um, is what I craved. Um, so a lot of times um, when you are saying, okay, I'm going to experience this pain, I'm going to embrace healing, um, you have to do it alone. And But the Lord will meet you mm-hmm. there um, and you feel alone. But I'd never felt more not alone. Mm. Um, I'd never felt more um, I felt like in a, in a marriage with the Lord, um, mm. and embrace that. Um, so I, I never felt alone. Um, so when you make those steps, um, you're going to feel that freedom. You're going to feel that joy and you're, and you're going to feel a wholeness that you'd never felt because we all have this void, mm-hmm. um, that we're trying to fill and nothing, nothing would fill that void, but Christ. It's really amazing. I did the same thing. I had cut everything out and really God cut a lot of things out of my life for me. Sometimes he'll do that too. Yes. Um, and he's like, they aren't talking to me anymore because they hate me all of a sudden. Um, but there is nothing like, um, being, uh, alone with your creator. There's nothing like that intimacy when you don't have a friend to text because, they're all not who you need to be friends with. You don't have a support system. I love small group, but sometimes we worship our small groups and I'm just being real. Sometimes we're afraid to be alone. We're afraid to stand alone with God. And Rahab is a beautiful example of someone that said, you know what? My small group ain't here. Okay. They all going to die because Israel is coming to get us. I'm going to stand alone and I'm going to lead in faith. So Nikki, thank you so much for being on the show. I absolutely adore you. And thank you guys for listening. You can pick up I Am Rahab everywhere books are sold. We would love for you to pick it up. I'll see you guys tomorrow right back here on the Autumn Miles Show. Thanks so much for listening today. The Autumn Miles program is listener supported and your donation to keep it on the air is appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And with a $100 donation or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of Autumn's book, Appointed, Your Future Starts Now. Join us next time for the Autumn Miles Show on The Word, 100.7 FM.